1: In will be
0: Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. We're pushing through some technical difficulties we had before, but we're bound to determine. We're joined by Lisa Donlinger, and she just happens to be from the south side of Des Moines, also from Iowa, and a Grammy nominated artist. Lisa, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. Doing well. How about you, Adam?
0: I'm doing pretty fantastic. Now that we got I I hopefully all of our um technical difficulties in the rearview mirror, so thank you for being so patient. Um wanted to ask you just to start off about um you got introduced to a whole new sector of fans that uh typically wouldn't Really, you know, search out, you know, a violinist of your talent level or anything like that by creating um, Iowa Hawkeye themed music videos um, with the violin. Can you tell us a little bit about how that got started and what gave you the idea to give that a shot?
2: Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, by actually one of my favorite things in the world is when I introduced violin to people who normally wouldn't want to listen. So I, I love that. Um, so this is actually back in two, 2015 when uh, Iowa had the unbeaten football season and I was creating videos for my own solo project. And someone on Twitter mentioned, well, why don't you do Back in Black for the Hawkeyes? And I hadn't really thought to do that song in the past only because I wasn't sure with it being such an iconic rock song that the violin would necessarily do it justice, but I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a try. And I did that video the first year. And then the next year I decided to change the lyrics to the 12 days of Christmas. And I used different stats from 2016 for that video. Then the next year I decided to do the fight song and, um, you know, I I put it on YouTube and it got a little traffic and the university of Iowa kind of promoted a little bit, but it wasn't until 2019 when I put the video directly onto Twitter. So not just the YouTube link, but I put the actual video on Twitter. Um, it was a week before the season. And I remember being at a water park with my family, getting like so many notifications that, you know, this, you know, person liked your video, this person retweeted your video. And, um, it kind of went crazy, like 30,000 views in two days. Um, And that's when more people started following and, you know, radio stations in Des Moines wanted to talk to me and in the Quad Cities, Um, something I had been doing a couple of years, but hadn't done it in that way. And that was the key.
0: That was, I mean, that was very smart on your part to really, you know, showcase your art to a whole different sector of the population that wasn't seeing it. Um, I got to talk to you a little bit about too. I mean, people that grew up on the South side of Des Moines, it's just like you look each other in the eye and you're like, okay, all right. Like, you know, you're, you're one of my people, Mm -hmm. Lincoln, Lincoln high graduate. I I need you to tell me a little bit about what some of your favorite, favorite memories are growing up on the South side. And the South side of Des Moines is famous for its pizza and Italian food. What's some of your favorite places that you miss going to?
2: Well, when I was growing up, my dad's favorite pizza was La Pizza House and the onion rings. And so that was our favorite pizza onion ring combination. Um, another thing that you can buy in Iowa that I haven't found anywhere else is Italian sausage. Like oh, yeah. Italian sausage. I think it's. Uh, uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember the name. It's not scornovacos, I don't think, but they're graziano. That's what it is. Yeah. And my mom would make these hot sausage sandwiches. Oh, and yeah. And we tried to recreate some of the stuff. Um, Happy Joe's taco pizza doesn't wow. exist right here. So we've recreated those things. Um, but yeah, you can't find sausage like that. And even just really steaks. I mean, in Iowa, like we would have a side of beef every year. And when I tell my friends here that they don't even understand what that means, like, how do you do that? You know, you have a whole freezer of meat.
0: Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like in Des Moines too, like, you know, like, especially on the South side, you grow up and it's like, okay, well, we would always go to the Italian grocery store when we go to the grocery store to get a hot sausage mm-hmm. and hot sausage sandwich is one of my favorite things growing up as a kid. And it's like on almost every corner, there's like either an Italian market, or an Italian restaurant, the Italian influence is super heavy there. So you grow up getting the, some of the best of the best. Uh, food that's available out there. And then, you know, I'm out in Nebraska now, and you know, and you're in California and mm-hmm. it, 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 you take it for granted when you're there because it's just so accessible.
2: That's the thing. I, I think that's the key is that you kind of are spoiled in a way that everywhere you go, it's going to be really good. And so I remember, you know, going to restaurants here, you just expect, I mean, there's amazing things here, you know, like sushi and Mexican food and things, but certain things, like I remember going to a restaurant that is known for steak out here and the waiter was all excited about it. And, you know, he said, well, we have great Midwestern beef. And I was like, well, we're going to be the judge of that. (laughs) And it wasn't, you know, anything like what we get in the Midwest, but, you know, every region, I suppose, has their... fortes. (laughs) fortes.
0: <laughs> well, he didn't clearly know who he was talking to. Then he was talking to an Iowa girl and he ate his own words. So
2: did not know. <laughs> uh,
0: that's, it's not, you know, stuff you take for granted that, you know, you really got to appreciate. But again, I've been out to California quite a few times and there's some pretty amazing places out there too. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, and that's what really got me into sushi was going out there. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of great options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed to ask you too about your journey as a musician. Um, What really got you started on the violin and what really sparked your passion for that?
2: Well, I started first singing when I was really little. So my first solos were performing when I was four as a singer and I had an amazing church music program growing up. They taught me about solfege and ear training and I was learning all this theory at a very early age. So um, in fourth grade, they brought instruments to the school and, I just picked up a violin and I really, really liked it. And I started in group lessons and my teacher had to tell my parents, because they're not musicians at all, um, you know, you need to get her into private lessons because she's kind of learning more quickly than everyone else. And it's kind of strange, you know, you mentioned growing up on the south side of Des Moines, um, you know, there was nobody doing at that time what I'm doing now. So um, I had no one to really think, oh, that's the career that I want. I mean, I saw my teachers played in the symphony and that was really cool. Um, And they were teachers as well. And I loved all that stuff, but I also knew I was going to do something else. I just didn't know what that was yet. So um, I kept taking lessons and I did all the things you do growing up, you know, all state and, um, you know, lessons and youth orchestras and all that stuff, being concert master, first chair. And then um, the professor at the University of Iowa at the time knew about me in high school and offered to start teaching me a year early. Looking back, I realized that's like the version of recruiting, right? <laughs> for of Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started taking lessons with him and he was a wonderful, wonderful teacher. So um, I was offered a full ride to go to Iowa. And so that's how I ended up at the University of Iowa for my undergrad degree and, um, you know, again, went to summer festivals every summer, um, practice camps, you know, practicing for six hours a day in the summers, um, learning all the right way to practice as much as you can in the right way. Um, and then uh, I did get my master's degree. Some people don't know that I went to Indiana University, but okay. I never switched to sports allegiance, just so you know.
0: That's good.
2: <laughs> so, even though I went there to have a master's degree in the music program is unbelievable. I always rooted for the Hawkeyes. So
0: there you go. So that, was my, girl.
2: that was my journey through school. And then after I finished my master's degree, I actually won the title of Miss Iowa. Um, a couple of years previous to that, I had won the Bill Riley State Fair talent show. And that was kind of the first thing that opened my eyes to the fact that violin could reach a larger audience. Um, I remember being a little girl going to the State Fair, and I never saw a violinist win. So I never really thought to enter. And the year before I won, my friend, who's a flute player, won. And so I thought, wow, if a flute player could win, why not a violinist, right? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. It works that you have to win a local fair before you can go to the state fair, and then you go through the levels. And uh, I remember going to that local fair. There were like 100 contestants, mostly dancers, singers, you know, cloggers, tap dancers, all these things. And I thought, there's no way they're going to pick a classical violinist to win. There's just no way. But I only could go to that one fair the entire year. So that was my one shot. So I went. Somehow, miraculously, I won. And then I went to the state fair. And you go through all the levels of the state fair. And I won it. And I'm still to this day, the only violinist who's ever won the senior competition. So that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. <laughs> because... Yeah. So um, after that, then I was kind of recommended to the Miss Iowa board. And uh, growing up, I never thought I would do pageants, but it's the largest scholarship organization in the world for women. And so I decided I'd give it a try and ended up winning. And um, then my whole career path sort of changed because I was planning to go, you know, be a full-time orchestra musician, teach a university, and that was going to be my life. But after the years Miss Iowa, I was performing all styles of music um, on electric violin and, you know, rock music, and I was singing, and I was doing a lot of public speaking And I realized that's really what I needed to be doing. So I came to California, not knowing anyone, turning down other jobs (laughs) like a crazy person and decided to move here.
0: That's 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 an awesome journey, though. And and with your role as Miss Iowa, was that a pretty grueling schedule? What what different responsibilities came along with that?
2: Well, there's certain responsibilities that are kind of built into the job and then certain ones that you seek out depending on what your talent is and um, what your platform is. And so, um, you know, of course there were the fairs that you wave and wear your crown, but, um, that was kind of a small part of what I did. Um, what I did is I learned to write my own business proposals and I wanted to do a lot of speaking in the schools. I wanted to make sure that they were able to hear my story and, um, you know, bring music back into the schools. So I went to things like, um, you know, the Des Moines Register and KWWL, I think, in uh, Cedar Falls. And I got all these different um, chunks of money. So then I could offer to the schools here's my appearance, and I come for free because this company has already paid for it. And then Great. I get my presentation at the schools. So um, I did a lot of that. I did some soloing with orchestras. I got to play with the Des Moines Symphony as a soloist. Um, yeah, I just kind of made it a year of music.
0: That's very cool. That is, that is awesome. Um, you've really gotten to perform with some amazing artists over the years. Um, like Lady Gaga, Snoop Dogg, Celine Dion, Imagine Dragons. Like there's a long, long list. Um, can you tell me about a, a little, uh, who, who's some of your favorites that you've been able to work with and maybe one of your most memorable performances that you've had?
2: Sure. Yeah. I I mean, I've been very, very blessed. Um, I'm always fortunate and very thankful every single job that I have because it's a very competitive place, Los Angeles, and everybody wants those same jobs. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. I was watching the David Foster documentary that came out on Netflix this year, and I realized how important he and his artists have been in my life because the, the artist I played with the most often would be Celine Dion and Josh Groban and okay. Michael Bublé and David Foster. So like, it was just really interesting to see like, oh yeah, he's been very instrumental in my career being what it is. Um, I think probably a story that I, I always think is pretty funny to tell was the first time I was on TV and it was for the uh, Academy of Country Music Awards. And I was playing with Martina McBride and I've always loved Martina McBride. I think she's such a fantastic singer. And then there's the fact that I was on TV for the very first time. So I remember being there, like, as it was almost our time to perform, and my lips started quivering. And it wasn't because I was nervous. I just felt so happy that I knew that's where I was supposed to be. Like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And so I couldn't get it to stop. I was just hoping, like, the camera wouldn't see me because <laughs> so my lips just quivering. Yeah um so that was really memorable um i remember on american idol i got to play solo i was actually pregnant at the time but i wasn't showing and so i remember thinking like what a cool memory for me to tell my son one day that he was there with me on stage when i performed a solo on american idol for you know millions of people around the world so that was a really exciting thing i mean
0: there's so
2: many i I feel really really lucky and really blessed
0: Oh, I'm sure you have, and a, a, a million different stories to tell. Have you ever thought at some point, and I could be completely missing the boat on this, if this has already happened, but possibly, you know, writing a book or doing some something about your life story someday?
2: You know, I haven't yet, but um, I, in doing different interviews, it kind of reminds me of different stories that have happened along the way. And um, you know, Michelle Obama said that everybody has a story to tell, right? Like everybody's story is important. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some are a little more interesting than others. But
2: everybody's is though. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's
0: got a twist. Everyone's got something interesting. Um, yeah. I recently listened to and watched your uh your Braveheart video. Um, mm. can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration uh, behind that song? Because it, it was beautiful. It was a really well done video. Um, just a little bit of the inspiration that went behind writing the song and making the video.
2: Yeah, of course. Well, that was a really important time in my musical career because I was kind of at a crossroads with another project that had just ended. wasn't really sure what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, And this project is something completely separate from my everyday studio work. You know, where I go and play the backgrounds to movies and TV shows, and I love all of that very, very much. But I started to think, you know, what is my stamp as an artist? What am I going to leave as a legacy? Not just you know, in a group when somebody hires me, but what do I want to do? What's my voice? And I realized I wanted to create an album of movie music mixed with classical music. Again, kind of a way to bring the violin to a wider audience that maybe wouldn't think of listening to violin. And Braveheart has always been my favorite movie soundtrack. I just, I love that music. I've loved it for ever since it came out.
0: It's really good.
2: It's just so, it's so touching and soul stirring. It just has always meant so much to me. So I knew that had to be the first single on the album. And then we decided to pair it with Jupiter from the Four Seasons, which is a melody that people might not be able to, it's not the Four Seasons, I'm sorry, the planets. Um, They might not be able to name that's the piece, but it's a piece that's been used a lot in pop culture. So they, they recognize that piece. And um, so, yes, yeah, it's called a mashup, you know, like a lot of pop music does mashup now. Um, that was my first classical mashup with movie music. And then um, yeah, then we shot the video here in Calabasas. And we got so lucky that day because in L.A., most days are just blue, sunny sky with no clouds at all, which is beautiful, but it doesn't look at all like Scotland. So um, we found these hills that were sort of these rolling hills, and then the sky looked Kind of a little bit overcast with a little bit of cloudiness, which looked a little more Scottish. Um, yeah. And so then we put it all together for the video. And then I decided to create a whole album of different pieces like that.
0: Yeah. It was beautifully done. So I, I definitely recommend anybody that hasn't seen that to uh, to get on Lisa's website. She has it on there. And then I believe people can pull that up on YouTube, correct? Oh, yeah.
2: Yep. My YouTube channel has all those. It doesn't have all of the Hawkeye videos, but it has quite a few of them, too.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I have to ask you, what are the chances someday? And we, if we got to get the movement started right now, we, we can, but potentially you in a halftime show or anything like that at Kinnick or Carver Hawkeye. Cause um, you know, my, you know, Nebraska Hawks nest partner, Jerry, we were talking and we were like, oh, we might need to start firing off some emails and some, some videos to the athletic department and the administration. We, Cause I think we need some, some Lisa in our lives at halftime at some of these Iowa games.
2: You have no idea how much i wanted to do that. Um, a few. I mean, there's been a few movements that started and then, you know, didn't really get too much traction from different areas. Um, but, oh, my gosh, I would love to do that. Um, I've, a couple of years ago, there was another band director at Iowa, and I did contact him just to see if he was on board. Um, he didn't quite understand the idea of violin with the band and wasn't too into it. But huh. now there's a new band director who I've been in touch with. Um, he's a little younger and maybe a little bit more uh, into new ideas. So I'm hoping that, you know, something like that could happen um, because I have a lot of things that can be arranged for violin with like a marching band. So um, I could do any of the pieces that I do with a marching band too.
0: That would would be be awesome.
2: Yeah, I think it it would be so fun and it would be so such a dream come true for me because again, like I was saying, when somebody tells me, I remember like on Twitter, a lot of people said, I had no idea a violin could play a fight song. Yeah. But why not? Right. I mean, like if it's somebody that loves that music and can figure out a way to use the violin to get that music out, why not? And so why not play at a a halftime show? (laughs)
0: <laughs> It'd be awesome. It would be unique. It would be different. And I think a, a really cool show like that, you know, people aren't going to be going to the bathroom at halftime. You're right. going to be sticking in there because you're going to want to see what's going on the way Hawkeye fans are too. And you know, this, I mean, you're one of us, we're loyal people. Yes. And so we're going to get, you know, we'll get behind one of our own and we want to see a, you know, build a do that halftime show. Cause I think that'd be really cool and something that we would all never forget um and also too um you know before when we were get, getting the interview ready to go um jerry also from nebraska hawks and i said you had a little treat for us that uh you're going to maybe play a little bit of violin during the interview today
2: sure. yeah let me let me grab it all right Yeah, I thought it might be fun to do um, just a little medley of a couple of the tunes that uh, seem to be the most popular: the fight song, and on Iowa, and of course, in heaven there is no beer, right? The victory polka. So, all right, for you, see if I can center myself. Okay.
0: Wow, that was beautiful. That was ah, oh, that was fantastic.
2: Hey, thank, thank you. you for doing
0: that for us. We appreciate it.
2: Oh, of course. It's fun. Why not share the music, right?
0: University of Iowa. Let's get it done. Let's get the, <laughs> let's get this halftime show, or at least national anthem for the game, or something. We would we would love it. Yeah, but um, okay, right? do you guys do you have any upcoming projects or anything that you want to tell uh, your fans about, or anything that you have going on right now?
2: Well, right now, unfortunately with COVID, our industry out here in LA has been pretty shut down. Um, I did my new emerging skill during the um, quarantine has been I learned how to record myself at home, um, not just for videos, but actual like studio type stuff. So I was able to, um, you know, record some new things for music and um, TV shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I was supposed to last year, the week after We were kind of shut down. I was going to be flying to New York to play my solo show with an orchestra there, and I was supposed to go to Canada. All that obviously stopped. Um, But hopefully, this year, we'll see what happens. Right now, it's still on the books for May and September. Um, Mm -hmm. Orchestras are trying to do some online shows and things like that, so we'll see. But definitely, the, the orchestra show that features my album. So it's all, again, movie music and classical music mixed together. And then I solo that music with orchestra. And then we have this really cool program that goes along with it um, called Super T Events, which is uh, named after my son, Tristan. He's on the autism spectrum. And so we have events along with the regular concert for special needs families and their kids. Um, I have this logo Super T that's like a superhero. And um, the kids dress like superheroes when they come. The concert's a little bit shorter for them. They're able to move around all over the concert hall. The parents don't have to worry if the kids make sound because I just can play through everything. That's the one good thing about being Miss Iowa is I was thrown into a different situation every single day. So, you know, like a bomb could go off and I'll just keep playing. doesn't matter. <laughs> Some kid could run around, pull my leg, you know, I'll just keep playing. So um, so that's a really exciting thing is my Movies in the Masters show and then Super T events okay. for all the special kids too.
0: I think we just came up with an idea for your next music video. Just like okay. bombs going off, maybe a tornado coming behind you kids and tugging okay. on your legs, you know, but and you're just still, I'm you know, still going right forward.
2: Playing. And, Nothing's gonna phase me. <laughs>
0: so that's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on Nebraska Hawks Nest and talk with us here for a little bit. And the the performance was amazing, super cool. Really, really appreciate that. And
2: okay. how, well, you guys- you know, you guys should be saluted too. And I'm going to talk about this on Twitter that, you know, you're in enemy territory and you're just holding strong to the Hawkeyes. Like that needs to be saluted. I'm I'm out here in California where there's no animosity for Iowans. So I have converted a lot of people. They ask me now, how did the Hawkeyes do? Did did they win? And they know about Iowa Hawkeyes now in California, but I mean, you're in enemy territory and still holding up the fort. So that's that's to be commended.
0: We're trying to build, build a little bit of a fan base here and, you know, make sure that we're well represented. And that was kind of why we started everything like this was talked to a lot of people out in Nebraska that felt like the especially rural Nebraska, where they felt like, hey, I'm alone. I don't have any other Hawkeye fans out here. I don't have anybody to connect with or watch games with or anything like that. So that was a big reason why we started this was to get help everyone get connected, do game watches. And it's been cool to see other people build friendships and you know, watch games together and, and things like that. So um, Western Iowa, Nebraska thing, but it's still all Hawkeyes, you know, all yeah. Hawkeyes are welcome always.
2: Yeah. It's funny because, um, you know, whenever I see anybody, in LA or California, anywhere with a Hawkeye, you know, go Hawks. And I assumed that everybody did that from all fan bases, but I found out we're pretty unique. Like not everybody does that. So I think it's really special that when you see that tiger Hawk, it's like you have an instant friend, you know, you you immediately connect.
0: It's true. It's very true. I, it just, even in Nebraska, you know, in a parking lot or a gas station or anything like that, you just gravitate toward each other and you just Mm -hmm. look at each other, go Hawks. Mm -hmm. That's, Our, it's our universal way to say hello to each other.
2: So great. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much again. And we appreciate you taking, taking time to, to meet with us and talk with us and and get to know you a little bit better.
2: Of course. Well, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. I I feel lucky to be in the presence of like Hawkeye Ellis and Keith Duncan and (laughs) Frank Garza. So
0: we've been pretty lucky to have some cool people on and you're definitely on that list. So thank thank you again. And hey, gotta say, we always gotta end it with a Go Hawks.
2: Yeah, go hot.